Welcome to Just Talk with Justine, a podcast for breast cancer survivors and supporters. Just Talk with Justine is a platform where breast cancer survivors can share their journeys. If we can help just one person who's listening today, we've accomplished our goal. My guest today is a native New Yorker and grew up in the Bronx and Manhattan. She is a graduate from Hunter's College with a master's degree in urban planning. She is also a member of the American Institute of Certified Planners, as well as a certified transportation planner. She also holds a Florida real estate license. She was diagnosed with HER2 positive, stage 2A, ER positive, and PR positive ductal breast cancer. She also has a grown son who still lives in New York. Please welcome my warrior sister, Karen McGuire. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Justine. It's such a pleasure, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, my God. The pleasure is all mine. All right, Karen. So listen, we're going to start off. Please, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but please explain to me what HER2 positive, stage 2A, ER positive, PR positive, ductal means, please. Well, HER is a human epidermal receptor. So when you have uh, HER2 positive cancer, it means that it overproduces uh, that chemical. And um, they have medicines now, luckily, in the last 10 years that suppress uh, the uh, production of uh, some of those chemicals. But um, yeah, and then uh, two stage two is like you have a, up to stage four for breast cancer. So they got it Relatively early, it was like a 2.7 centimeter tumor. Mm. When I was for, I went for um, a mammogram on December 31st of 2014, and they said I was fine. And six months later, I had a 2.7 centimeter tumor that they didn't see. So that was a little bit shocking. Wow! And you went? Did you? What made you? How did you discover that six months later? Well, you know, well, my uh, PA had been on maternity leave, so when I called for the results, they said, "Yeah, everything's fine," but. I had a dent in my breast and there was nobody really for me to ask, oh, is that normal? And then when I went to see her in April uh, for a cold, I said, look, I have this dent. She goes, oh, I should send you for a sonogram, but she never did. And then in August, I looked in the mirror and it got really, it, it was much bigger, the dent. And I knew that I knew. You knew right up. away that yeah. something was up. Yeah. Oh my God. So, okay. So, you get diagnosed with that. So what happens next? Are you eating? So what happens next is she sends me for, I went to the, uh, this breast cancer center, the Women's uh, Breast Cancer Center on Orange Avenue. They're excellent. I went in and, you know, sure is enough. Is that Dr. Curry's office? Yes, yeah, Dr. I love Curry. her. And uh, sure enough, you know, I was positive and I knew. And, you know, you feel like your world's spinning out when you get diagnosed. And, um you know, uh, I didn't tell my mother or my son for two months because they, first of all, I was trying to find a doctor and then I was trying to um, figure out what I was going to do. I said, well, if it was in other parts of my body, I wasn't going to go for treatment. Mm -hmm. But if it was just there, maybe I would go for treatment. So I had to make a lot of decisions. My cousin's a chemo uh, nurse. I had a lot of fights with her. Oh, well, thank God you had somebody you could <laughs> right. write with, if you want to put it like that. But she's yeah. the one who suggested the surgeon that I had because her doc, she works as the chemo nurse and her doctor suggested him. And now is she up in New York? Or? Yeah, she's in New York. She works at Beth Israel Hospital and she's okay. a chemo nurse. So she was the one who suggested this surgeon. He was excellent. And then I had the team with the oncologist and everything at uh, Orlando Regional Medical Center. Okay, so you were here when you were diagnosed. Yes. 
but your family was still up there. Right. Yeah. I've, I moved down to Florida in uh, 2001, like right before 9-11 and okay. with my son. I bought a house in Miami. And then uh, in the downturn in 2008, I lost my job and uh, I got a job with Orange County here, luckily. Okay. Uh-huh. And I've been working for Orange County ever since. Uh-huh. And how, how have they been since you've been diagnosed? They, they've really been so good. My boss has been an excellent advocate for, my, for me. Um, uh, I had to, when I first got diagnosed in 2015, uh, after my second treatment, which was in November, uh, I couldn't walk. And what, I, pardon me, but what kind of a treatment was that? I, okay. They first decided they did neoadjuvant uh, chemo, which was they gave me a uh, 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 Herceptin, not Herceptin, Progetta, and um, t- uh, Taxotere. Now, is that given through your port? Did you get it through your on IV? How does that work? No, I had they. I had to go for surgery to get a port, so I got the port, and then uh, I had to go for chemo. Now, okay, let's start. We're going to go that now. I didn't have to have a port when I had my chemo because I mine was like forty years ago, and that's the old fashioned barbaric way through the right. uh, yeah through the vein. So tell me what that was like. The experience of getting a port. The, the port was not a big deal. That surgery was very easy. Is that an in and out kind of thing? Yeah, it's I mean, an, you don't stay overnight for no, that. No, it's do you? just an out surgery. You know, you like they say one, two, three. You count. Yeah, you're asleep. You wake up and you have the port in there. So, you know, it does have. I do have a scar. And um, so they give you the, you know, and I went every three weeks for my, uh, for the chemo and they were going to do it for like six months to shrink the tumor. They wanted to shrink the tumor first. Another quick, quick question yeah. about the port. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this port, but when they put the, um, the, what do they put a needle in there, right? To, that's yeah. going to give you the, the drug. Right. Do you feel that? It hardly hurts at all. They give you cream originally, but then you just get used to it. And it's like, if somebody knows what they're doing. You it don't doesn't, feel it. it hardly it's like hurts. getting your blood work right. done. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's very in and out. Um, but so when I first had it, um, after the second treatment, it did, the taxotere did something to my adductor muscle in my leg and I was in excruciating pain. And for like a month, I kept call, going to the emergency room till finally they put me on pain management and I had to be on fentanyl and uh, uh, hydrocodone and uh, all this stuff and Dilaudid and... So when you went off of it, did you start to feel better right away? Or did you ever go off of it? Get off of what? The one, the Texaturl, what did you the call taxateer. it? The taxateer. Taxateer, yeah. They, you know, she lowered the dose. I think she had to lower the dose. And I was also on Nulasta. They give you Nulasta because when they give you the chemo, your white blood cell count goes down. And, but I, after the second treatment, the the bone pain was so bad. Now it does, they tell you to take like Claritin for some reason. That ameliorates hmm. the pain. From the uh, from the uh, new elastic because it makes you it forces your bones to produce white blood cells, oh, but yeah. I decided it was too painful and then I, I I stopped taking it after second treatment. Did you ever take the um, the Claritin? Yes, I did. It helped, but it was I had a feeling that it was all related to what was going on with my pelvis. I had it was like I was in excruciating pain. I went to every kind of doctor. I was in the emergency room. I went to the osteopath, like, you know, to uh, anything everywhere. you could do to get help. And they said I might have had pubic symphysis, that I was getting arthritis in my pelvis. I don't know. It was like all different kind of things. But you, but it all started with the taxiderm. Right. It ta- I started with the taxiderm. Taxiderm. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So did, then so then I couldn't work. So I was out of work for five months. I was on short-term disability. Did, did you have a... Um, did you have a mastectomy? 
Uh, no. So, you know what? I was really freaked out when they told me I had breast cancer. I did not want to lose my breast. Uh, I don't know. I was really attached to them, even though they don't look as good as they used to. But anyway, you were really attached to them. Yeah, that that happens. So, uh, so they, but they said that my doctor, the surgeon, said he could do a lumpectomy and that they could have a lot of success. And it, it, as it turns out, I had an excellent response to the chemo. And when they went in there to do the surgery, finally, it wasn't gone. They had no evidence of the tumor. But and so I thought, yay! I have like that great response. But then a week later, they said that there was a couple of cancer cells that were in there, on outside of the margin. So they could have just done radiation. I didn't even want to have radiation. But then uh, I made them go back in there and like take out more. And then wait, you radi- made them go back in the, uh, the- like a reaccession, and they re of uh, the lumpectomy of the lumpectomy, and they went in and took out more because he said, uh. well, it'll be okay with the radiation. I didn't even want to get radiation. So then finally I did, I, I waited like a month before or two before I went and had the radiation, but finally I did it. And then they but, want- Okay, but you said after you had your, your chemo, how many treatments of chemo did you have? I think it was like six rounds of chemo. So it was over like a six month period. So then at, after that six months, they go in and they test you and you're telling them, and they told you that it had disappeared? You know, like like in February, I guess it was like in March, like I finished my chemo in February and then in March- they did the surgery. And then when they went and did the surgery, they saw that there was no tumor left. Okay. And then when, the, but they did, they cut extra outside of the margin of where the original tumor was. And, and they then discovered they found there was a, little a couple bit. of cancerous cells. So they went back in right. on the same place they did that lumpectomy. Right. And then, uh, then they wanted me to have radiation right away after the, like six weeks, six weeks after you get the surgery, they want you to go for the radiation. And, um, uh, and then I didn't want to do it, but then I finally did it. I don't know when I began the radiation, but I did. It was like 31 rounds of radiation every day. Wow. So like that's- I had to go like every day for 31 days. Wow. For a whole month. And yeah. uh, did you go on the weekends? No. No, every day. Every, Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. Yeah. And they did, was it external radiation? Like yeah. a beam of light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did that. And uh, did you have any side effects from that? Well, you know what I did because, you know, because I'm overweight and like I had some skin rubbing, like the chemicals made my skin blister, like underneath my stomach oh my and gosh. underneath my breast. But somebody told me to use a, a calendula cream, which really worked great. Calendula. And, right. What, what is calendula? A calendula, whatever. Maybe I'm saying. No, that's, I don't know. But it was happy baby uh, diaper cream, which had oh, that in it. Oh, okay. I used that. So, uh, and that helped quite a bit. Yes, that was good. Now, do you have any, um, now are you, you're still undergoing treatment though, right? Right. Because uh, I was clear for a year and a half and, um. Uh, then I was re-diagnosed in June of 2018, and now I'm metastatic. So that means that there's no cure. Okay, so a whole year and a half goes by, and you're living your life normal. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, as normal as you can be with a um, right. a, a lumpectomy right. breast, and yeah, and just like fatigued, and like, did they take your did they take your port out at that point? They t- I, I made them take my port out because I was like, I never wanted to talk about breast cancer, think about breast cancer ever again. I was so finished, and right. then I was supposed to take the aromatose inhibitor. Maybe if I took it, it wouldn't my breast cancer wouldn't have come back, but I didn't because. Uh, I had heard that it causes a lot of body pain and my doctor came and begged me to do it, but I said, no. Okay. You said no. I didn't want to take the aromatose inhibitor, but 18 months later, 
Uh, I, my what triggered that? What triggered you to know that it came back? You were, uh, did you go for a, another mammogram? No, what happened was I kept telling my doctor for like six months, my oncologist said, something's wrong. I feel something's going on on my left side. I feel something. And she kept saying, no, 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 no. Anyway, so then um, I went to the, I had a sore throat for like three weeks and I went to the chiropractor and he said, Karen, you have um, a lump here. And I thought, well, maybe it's, you know, like a swollen lymph node. And I thought, well, maybe it's from the sore throat, but it was not in the right place. And then the chiropractor is telling you this. Yeah. And he says, maybe you should check it out. And so I went to the oncologist and I saw like a brief look of concern go over her face. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. Go home. And then when I looked it up, I said, oh, that's my Virchow node. And it's the supraclavicular node. And 90% of the time, if you have it swollen as an adult, it's cancerous. So, so did, I knew. So you knew in your heart of hearts, but th- did your oncologist go back and biopsy it? Yeah. Then I went for a biopsy and that was confirmed. Yeah. Oops. It was the breast cancer. So know? it was part of the breast cancer. Right. So then what happens? So then you freak out because you think, oh God, now I'm screwed. Yeah. And uh, so. You do a lot of crying. I mean, are you. I did, I, I did do a lot of crying, but you know what? I have a friend who is like my spiritual advisor who helped me through the whole time when I first had cancer. She called me every day. She sent me to this lady who does theta healing. It's this real out there spiritual healing. And she's the one who really prepared me to go for the treatment because I didn't nice. want to go for the chemo. And when I was re-diagnosed, she really helped me so much because she put my head in the right place. Yeah, because and don't you feel, I mean, you've got to feel scared and, and I mean, you depressed. do, like, you feel like, oh, my God, like, what, you know, and first of all, like, I blamed myself. I said, oh, I ate poorly and I did this and I wasn't taking care of myself. So, like, I really blame myself. And but then I said, you know, you know, it's just sometimes things just happen. And so then. You now, have to kind of straighten your mind out. Is there breast cancer in your family? No. So you're the... It's only 5 to 10% that people get hereditary breast cancer. Most of the time, it's like environmental factors. I mean, you know, I could go and look back over my life and look at a million things that could no, have happened. No, you don't but, want to do that. And, you know, then... I, but I think basically it's our food supply. Like my aunt is 90, my mother's 85. And I think definitely the soup, our food supply is really tainted, and that is a, a great cause in environmental toxins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's another. That's a good another topic. But so let's go back now. So here you are. You're diagnosed second time around. You have a thank God you have this spiritual friend, a friend who's very spiritual and has put your head in the right place. So now what do you do? So then I was really depressed for a while. Like I went through this like big, I went through the, a big depression after I got diagnosed. Cause for like the first time, after I got cured the first time, I went into this big depression. And I think the big depression was cause I thought, oh, I, I won over cancer now. In that year and a half time right, period. Right. Yeah. In that year and a half time period, I went into a bad depression cause I thought, oh, now like I'm supposed to meet my ex-boyfriend. He's going to say, Karen, I always loved you. Here's my credit card. Go shopping, you know? (laughs) If only that was the case, right? Like some magical thing Thing is going to happen. Like not like being cured wasn't magical enough. Right, right. So like I went into this big depression and then I started realizing after I got diagnosed the second time, I said, I better make myself happy, you know, and then how every minute counts and that I can't wait for the big things, that it has to be the small things. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, that really helped. And then uh, and then I found uh, I was kind of very lonely 
And then now, I found dragon boating. Oh, you found dragon boating. That's awesome. So, so how did you hear about dragon boating? You know, uh, I had a therapist at the hospital who originally, when I first was diagnosed, told me about it. But, you know, I just kind of blew it off. Like, I just didn't want to hang out with people that had cancer. I didn't want to be around. I just didn't want to do that. And so. I don't blame you. (laughs) So then, then, I don't know. I was sitting at this pizza place with this guy that I know. And he's like an older guy. And he said, Karen, you know, I heard about this dragon boating thing. I saw it on TV. And he goes, maybe you'd really like it. And I go, you know what? I'm going to call tomorrow. And I am, believe me, I am not the sports person, you know? I uh, get it. Neither am I. And I'm not a team joiner. But anyway, so I go, at, like, I think you contacted me and I just showed up and I thought, gee, this is really hard. But I, <laughs> you did it. But I did it. And I liked it. And uh, and every day, like I when I had practice, I would say, I hope it rains. But then after when I did it, <laughs> I would be so happy. And yeah. I feel so great and I feel energized and I felt like it was like breathing life into me. Oh my God, that is, that's wonderful. And, and what we're referring to is Warriors on Water, which is Central Florida's only breast cancer survivor dragon boat team. And those that don't know that are listening, dragon boating was, um, given, it was suggested to breast cancer survivors to alleviate the, um, the, it's to alleviate the lymphedema that can happen uh, when you have your lymph nodes removed. And Dr. McKenzie out of Canada found that all the dragon boating was so great for the upper body. So that's where dragon boating came in. So you're beautiful. And the fact that you're on the boat has been just a blessing for everybody in that, on that team, because your spirit is awesome and you're just a beautiful person. So let's get back to you. Did you lose your hair? Yeah, uh, I lost my hair both times. I lost my hair the first time when I had treatment. And then I had to have, when I was re-diagnosed, you know, they do, uh, like, they they figure out what they're going to do. And there's kind of different treatments. And, you know, the uh, the survival rate is not great when you have metastatic breast cancer because it's like, I think it's like 33% of the people live past three years. And I'm at two. So, yeah, you're going to, you, well, if I, know you, I if I know you, you will move, move that pillow, get more comfortable, okay. get more comfortable. So yeah, thank you. You look better now. A little more comfortable <laughs> anyways, what I meant. So, okay. So when, so you lost your hair the first time. It, did you get a wig? Uh, yeah, I had like multiple wigs. I had like five different wigs <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I, it, my spirit was, I, I, I was really messed up the first time because I was so drugged up and I was in such pain from that leg thing. I had to go to a rehabilitation after, you know, slowly I started weaning myself off the drugs and I started getting better. And then I went, I think it was because of the taxateer. Once I was off the taxateer, uh, I started getting better. And then um, I went to rehabilitation to kind of walk again. I still walk kind of wow. like a penguin. And that's why I thought I could do dragon boating because I, I can't stand up. I can walk, but I can't stand up in one place for more than like a minute. Wow. But I knew I could sit down and paddle. Sure. You can use your upper body. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So, and did you had lymph nodes removed? I had only three and they were negative. So that's why it was so shocking. It's a very rare thing that happened, that happened to me. But, you know, well. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, I have like great 
uh, good luck, and then I have great specs of bad luck. Well, know? it happens to everybody. It goes, it, uh, you know, that kind of stuff goes in waves. Yep. Goes in waves. Now, when you got your lymph nodes removed, when when you give blood, do they tell? Do you have to pick a certain arm, or right. how does that work? So, like now, like I don't use my left arm, like for blood pressure cuffs or or blood removal. Like I just stay away from that. Luckily, so far, I have not gotten lymphedema, but I only had three lymph nodes removed. So, okay, okay. So that's probably it. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, just been fortunate. Had, did you, uh, before you were diagnosed with any breast cancer, did you, um, okay, so after you were diagnosed, did you change your eating habits at all? You know what? When Okay, there was a period between uh, when I wasn't working, you know, there was like a, a two period when I wasn't working and after treatment, like a month and a half, where I really took great care of myself. I was eating good. I was drinking bulletproof coffee, like black coffee with turmeric and black pepper and coconut. Mm, oil. Yeah, I don't know about it, it, that. It didn't taste great, but you know what? It felt good. I was eating a lot of turmeric. I, I hardly ate. I lost like 30 pounds when I had treatment, but I would eat soup. And I would have tangerines and yogurt. That was like my diet. Okay. And that's all I could really eat. And I could eat seafood. So I would go and have these big crab feasts after I got chemo. But um, um, when you had your chemo, were you, did you get, did you get ill? Did you throw up? No, I just, uh, you know, I didn't feel good. Yeah, I just felt what like you, crap. Fatigued? And, and I couldn't get into my bed. I couldn't take a shower because of the leg thing. And uh, a great friend of mine, Joy, and she wasn't like, I knew her, but she wasn't as good a friend as she is now. But she said it just came in her heart. Like she said, God came in her heart and said that I she needed to come help me. And she uh, bought me a recliner. Her boyfriend came and put bars up in my bathroom oh, so I nice. could take a shower. And I, I slept in that chair for like two months because I couldn't get into my bed. Now, does Joyce still live here in Orlando? Yep. And yeah. she also would come every three days and clean my house and help me and take oh. care of my pets. And oh, I, don't, I don't know what lovely. I would have done because I was kind of by myself when this all happened. Right. And I didn't want my mother or my son around me when I was going through this. So do you think having them, do you think now that you think back about it, having them maybe nearby might've changed? No, because my mother's too hyper and okay. she would stress me out. <laughs> okay. Well, you're being honest. That's cool. You're being very honest, very honest. That's cool. But, um, and, and knowing what you know now, let me ask you, what would you tell someone that first was diagnosed with breast cancer? And then second, being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer? Uh, what I would say is, like, first of all, if you're, you know, try to listen to what your doctor tells you. It's hard because you want to go, I wanted to go the alternative route of initially. And uh, I want, but you know what? Um, I called Mexico to get treatment. And, you know, what do you mean you called? Oh, hello, Mexico. No, what was, do I have? To it was a center. How does that work? It was a, a center called the Cheap Saw Center. And it's like alternative cancer treatment. Right. Oh, now so what, I called and the guy. How did you find that? You just well, looked it up? Yeah, I knew about it. I looked it up. And then I saw this guy calls and he sounds like he's from California. Like, hey, join, you know, the Cheap Oh, thing. funny. And then I said, well, I want to talk to the doctor because I want to see what the survival rates are and blah, blah, blah. So I call and like I'm calling this guy and I could he- hear in the background his chihuahua barking <laughs> the whole time I'm talking to him. And so I'm a little concerned, but he said it was like about the same percentage rate as the regular. But, you know, it would like, you know, you have to have like nine coffee enemas and 20 oh, vegetable juices and you have to have somebody that's going to help you do this. And I thought, 
wouldn't if I was Suzanne Summers and I could hire a cabana boy, I could do that. But I knew that like my regular insurance wasn't going to pay for it. Oh my God. Oh my God. So coffee enemas is what they recommend? Well, you get coffee enemas. You have like this very strict, uh, I forget what the name, there's two different protocols that have been longstanding protocols. Like it's like you're kind of like on a vegetarian diet and like lots of juicing and you're really cleaning the toxins. And I believe that like, uh, I think that I felt much better when I first got, you know, right in between my, my treatments. And then I started eating badly again when I was at work. Like I wasn't exercising. I was eating donuts, sugar, you know, all the crap that they have at work. And I was stressed out and I was depressed. So mm-hmm. I think that if anybody has cancer, I think really look at your diet um, and you have to totally change the way that you eat. And like there's people that really know, like Marnie Clark is a great person to look up because she has different kind of foods that are good for specific kinds of cancer. Mm. And there's a lot of people that like there's another guy. Um, what is it? Uh, I forget. He cured can He cured himself of cancer. So there's people out there that have done that. And I think. They don't really emphasize it in the hospitals. Like if you go to the hospital nutritionist, they tell you to eat cereal and like all this crap. Right, right. Like I just wanted to rip up half the stuff they gave me at the hospital because it just pissed me off. But you research. It sounds like you're you're quite the researcher, too. And, you you know, you discovered a lot of things. Well, I read like a lot of like I read the clinical papers. It's not like I'm just reading like Joe Schmo from the Internet. So I read like clinical studies. Yeah. But then, like, you read so much that I used you to can get. I used to stop. Like, I do it for three days, and then I would make myself so upset. And yeah, sick you got to. Sometimes you got to stop reading that stuff. You just can't read it. Like I right know. now, like I'm metastatic. But if I read the metastatic stuff, it gets me depressed, and so I I try not to do that. Well, you are metastatically beautiful. <laughs> My God, Karen, you have you and I have become pretty good friends, and you joining the team. Um, has been a blessing. And I thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for today's chat and journey about you because I just love you. And I think your sense of humor is beyond funny. And I own, I know that God's got big plans for you and you ain't going anywhere, girl. I feel like I got to stick around for a while. Like I say, I just, please, God, just let me die skinny in a clean house. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I really love you. Pinky. Love you. Pinky. Pinky. Pinky hug. Come on, Karen. You got to reach there. Thank you. Love you guys. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Just Talk with Justine. If you like what you've heard, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We love talking to breast cancer fighters and survivors. If you have any questions, you can email me at justine at justtalkwithjustine.com.